What's up, ecosystem? Welcome back to ATI Auto Business Dispatching Live. My name is Jay. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us here on ATI Auto Business, your community auto transport media resource since 2017. Um, go ahead and do me a favor, jump in the live chat. Please do leave a like, share, click copy. Um, we got a cool show today. We have Royce Neubauer, CEO of Auto Hauler Exchange. He's on the show. He's our interview segment today. And, uh, you know, Auto Hauler Exchange. If you watch ATI, you know you've been learning more about Auto Hauler Exchange. It's a marketplace connecting shippers directly with carriers. So we're going to take your questions live today. And if you missed the show, you can put it in the comments below and, uh, and bring your questions. Because that's why Royce is back to join us today live. And you know that on Dispatching Live, load board search advice, if you have a load board question, if you have a marketplace question, what's the difference between a load board and marketplace? We had Royce on the show previously to talk about that, but it's never too late to ask again and learn more about what some of this technology of the future of car shipping looks like. And by the way, there's all different ways to, to do things. So don't get too excited, get somewhat excited. You know, this is ATI. But before you get too excited, we have to read the disclaimer. I don't really like it either. I'm already kind of tired of it, but here we go. Uh, please be aware that the views and analysis provided on Dispatching Live relate to the auto transport industry as a whole, may not relate directly to ATI Auto Business, Auto Transport Intel, any affiliates, advertisers, or audience members. All viewers and participants of this content expressly waive any rights during this live program, whether in voice, chat, comment, video, or audio, and have been advised and encouraged not to say or express any opinions that may relate directly to, to ATI Auto Business, Auto Transport Intel, any of advertisers, affiliates, audience members, or any other company or individual, and should not feel like they have the right to do so. So basically, if you're going to share something, uh, keep it vague, uh, but detailed and vague, no company names, and we're here to talk about the industry as a whole, so thank you very much. Oh, yes, by the way, please do help me wish a warm welcome to my co-host on Thursdays, Sue. Can you hear me? Hey. hey. I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can see that we're about to enter the dispatching live effect. Do you see this? <laughs> yep. So if you feel a bit queasy, crazy, if you feel <laughs> uncomfortable, right? Your voice yep. goes weird. You start to get a crick <laughs> in your neck. It's the automotive truth. I know it's strange. <laughs> you know why I talk like, you know why I say that? Um, because we've been delivering news and we've been, uh, I, I heard this phrase, like, favorable coverage. We didn't get favorable coverage. And I can't stop bringing it up because it's like, really? Like, you know, in automotive where it's all about teamwork and, you know, all this stuff, you can't handle a little unfavorable coverage if that's the news. So, you know, so dispatching, dispatching's hard. Why do you think it is so hard? Yeah. Because... There's so much unfavorable coverage to share, right? True. I don't like it either, man. I, I really don't. But I started Dispatching Live for a reason. And that was because this is a really hard... Being a dispatcher, booking loads, is a really ugly side of the business. And it just needs to be dragged out into the sunlight and examined 
You know, even if only for 90 minutes a week. Okay. So don't worry. You're you're right. If you feel if you feel uneasy, you're right in line. This is Auto Transport Community Media since 2017. That's right. ATI Auto Business has been doing it since 2017. We're still here. And we're looking at the full ecosystem, new and used and dealers and auctions and carriers and brokers and dispatchers. Yeah. Uh <laughs> That's why we're the ecosystem's neutral zone. Because everybody's welcome. And nobody's going to get overly favorable coverage. Wow. Um, does media fuel growth? That was Tuesday night's show. Do you know Kevin Parada? Mm -mm. So he has actually... I've had him on a few times. He's uh -huh. the president of JP Auto Transport. Okay. And he is, he's also been spotlighted on uh, Super Dispatch's Auto Transport Co-Pilot. Oh, okay. And he went to NADA. This is pretty cool. He went to NADA in January of this year, and he was talking about trying to score a million-dollar contract hmm. and pass around business cards. And, like, that's actually a really, that's interesting how many times have you seen a small business owner in auto transport go to trade shows and try to score a million-dollar contract handing out business cards and networking? I Not. I, exactly. I can't even think of a time. Um, and, and so good on Super Dispatch for kind of latching on to seeing that story developing and covering it. And that's actually what the uh, pilot and I think second episode of Auto Transport Co-Pilot is focused on. The problem is, I don't know how many Kevin Paradas there are out there. But, if there are more Kevin Paradas out there, let us know. Send me an email, autotransportintel at gmail.com And I'm going to say this too. Um, you have to actually be following through. Uh, Sue, I was mentioning something to you, you know, as we're getting ready for the show. You have to be delivering mm -hmm. on your... If you're doing something, you have to also deliver on that idea right. to get coverage. That's the thing. You know, just making this show, and, and I don't know, whatever it looks like I do, <laughs> uh, it's actually <laughs> a lot of work. I mean, how many... This is... Did you know this is show number... Uh, what is this? This is show. This is dispatching live number one forty four. Wow. I mean, that's a lot of whatever it is. Even if it, you know, just looks like you know busy work and skipping school, it's a lot of work. <laughs> and so, um, making something look easy is actually well, that's part of the trick, right? I think that's why right. you know America's Got Talent and all these. I mean, if you look at how popular, like, uh, stand-up comedy is, the best stand-up comedy mm -hmm. is the stand-up comedy that looks so dang easy and obvious. But is it? Heck no. Mm, not. So, anyways, um, that's just some of my spiel. What's your spiel? You take it away. What are you talking uh. about? Yeah. Well, should we talk about what the, what the load board is at? I don't think we did it last oh, yeah. week, but I do have the numbers from oh, yeah. there before. And you can, yeah, um, why don't yeah, you pull that you. up and take it away? Yeah, thank you. Great idea. 
Give Sue some. Uh. Jeez, Jay. <laughs> All right. So this week it's 26,103. Last week it was 28,919. As you can see, we're slowly going down, which is typical for this time of the year, which totally sucks. But, um, and we're having a hell of a time like normal, you know, just keeping everybody moving, but we're keeping them moving. It just, it is what it is, you know. Um, like, we've never really come out of the slow season from January, February even. I mean, it picked up a little bit. I mean, I've got the numbers here, but nothing like, you know, what we usually have. And it's and honestly, sometimes numbers don't mean anything anyways. Um, if there's no <laughs> loads in the areas where your driver's going, what does it matter, right? So, you know. We've totally stopped. We used to be really like week after week after week, and now we've just kind of, we've really dropped the ball. About, yeah. Looking for loads because it well, well, really well, well load board load board search is down, load board yeah. search requests are down. But we used to look at that, uh, where you know, all the all volume, all right? And I really thought we were measuring something, but after I don't know, it doesn't seem like it even matters anymore. No, because like I said, if, if you've got drivers in an area and there's no loads, what doesn't make a difference? I mean, I will say, you know, when we are up with like in the 40s and 50,000 range, of course there's more loads and it's easier to find loads and they're better paying loads. But right now the competition is, is this works the opposite direction here. Like when we're at 26,000 pounds, they kind of got us by the cojones and they can lower the rates accordingly. And that's what they do. Did I lose you, Jay? No, no. I just okay. was, uh, was okay. checking my... Dials. Oh, I'm not sure. Just because my, you know how my internet goes. Oh yeah, no, I know. When um, your face disappears, I usually think I'm off. Oh, oh my god, where'd it go? <laughs> well, you, uh, you, well, and you, I got distracted. You were saying something about what did you just basically? Say? They they have us where they want us. They can keep the rates down oh, yeah, low yeah. because okay. there's less loads, ah, and this ah. is what they do, and okay. that's the way it works, okay, and it's not fair. And you know, I can't say any more about it other than they suck, and that's about it. Okay. <laughs> so. Perfect segue. You brought it. You brought it home because today's show really is about. It's it's kind of about brokering, and I tell you, this is part of the dispatching live effect that I talk about. Because who do you think is the first to bring teams of people to the large trade shows to make deals? Which vertical is best at making deals with shippers and clients? I would think brokers. Right? Brokers. There we go. Shh. Don't say it too loud. Okay. I have some friends that are brokers. Okay. Now, yeah. it's not that that in itself is the problem. It's not. But it begins us down the path of how do you think, who, who pays for that building of people? Are you talking about brokers? Are we talking about... <laughs> well, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm actually trying to not get, I don't want to get, I don't want to seem accusatory, but how about this, carrier, carriers, who pays for your truck, who, what right. pays for your truck, what pays for your insurance, what pays for your gas, what pays for your maintenance, the load, right? Right. And where okay. did the load come from? The load rate paid by the shipper, right? Right. right. Is, it, is anybody else, uh, anybody, is anything else going into paying for your truck, paying for your insurance, paying for your gas, paying for your maintenance, 
Is there a, is there like a side hustle? We hear the side hustle. Do you have a side hustle? Probably not. I don't know. You might have some no. stocks and you know. Right now there's a guy like I don't have any stocks, Jay. My my gas <laughs> insurance, trailer and maintenance and truck and everything else all comes from the shipper the shipper's rate on the load, right? Oh. Right. Sue pays all right, good one, Douglas. But Douglas, work with me, Douglas. But you got paid because the the shipper paid that carrier rate. <laughs> All right. Now, who pays for the building and the flights and the hotels and the teams of sales of the folks that go and get the shipper's business? Who pays for that building? The, the rate from the shipper. And other things, too, maybe. But my point is that there's only so much money in the transaction. And the more money that goes right. to buildings and booths and all this stuff. You know, there's a conference right now uh, where there's teams. I mean, big teams of people. Um, and they are they're, they're spending money and, and they're able to spend that money because their clients... A chunk of that profit and revenue paid for uh, those association meetings and stuff. My point is, geez, Jay, where are you at? You've got to... There's only so much money in the kitty. And the more money that goes to paying for a building and all this other stuff that isn't your truck and trailer and insurance, the less there is to go to your truck, trailer, and insurance. This is why... The war between carriers and brokers is so staunch. Ooh, staunch. And now I happen to invite carriers, brokers, and dispatchers all to talk on one forum because I think that there is business to be done and conversation to be had. But uh, the truth is there's only so much money. The shipper's only paying so much. The shipper doesn't pay unlimited money, right? Right. In fact, the shipper believes they should be paying less. Don't they? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right? They do. Yeah. Shippers believe that on average they should be paying less. Why do they think that? Because of technology and... I don't know why. I actually don't know why shippers think rates should be going down. That is a good question. I, I sometimes assume it's because someone has given them a really low quote. Oh, you know what I mean? good one. All right. Hey, that's a good one. Actually, that's really... And why would someone give a really low quote? Because <laughs> they're idiots. But that's ah. just my personal opinion. Well... I mean, I, underquoting everybody is the name of the game for some brokers out there. I mean, honestly. Okay. When you said some brokers out there, how many brokers are out there? Oh, God. I don't know. I mean, didn't we figure this out one time or we guesstimated it? I mean, it is thousands. This actually gets into, and this was last, last week's show, was pretty interesting when we were talking about, um, let me move up to it. To Roberto? Um, yeah. We had, last Thursday was Don't Start a Brokerage. Before you do watch this, and right. we and Roberto, yeah, we were talking about 
you know, they're number one. <clears throat> Hi, everybody. Welcome to the welcome to the hotel airport seminar on starting a brokerage, getting rich, starting a brokerage. Boy, oh boy. And this almost feels like a this is a real seminar. Yeah, no, have a seat. Did you get a donut? Get the coffee. Man, you look good today. All right. Welcome, everybody. We're going to get rich today. You are going to get you're going to walk out of here richer than rich. And the reason is because you're going to start a freight brokerage. Now, stay with me. Uh, before I tell you more about getting rich, let me tell you how many thousands of brokers there already are. Does anybody start the hotel airport seminar that way? No. No. That'd be a terrible way to start a get rich quick seminar. So we're going to leave out, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and just leave out that part about thousands of other brokers. Scrap that. We don't want to mention that. Oh, yeah. Did you know, hey, everybody, welcome, have a seat, get rich today. Did you know that just in September, 38,000 other people Googled how to become a freight broker and get rich? Well, they didn't put the get rich part. But 38,000 people in September Googled how to become a freight broker. So welcome to the Hotel Airport Seminar. I'm going to be busy all year with packed rooms because 38,000 people a month Google how to become a freight broker. Yeah, you know what? We should probably leave that part out. It's going to mess up the seminar. So this is why we made a show last Thursday is because you don't hear those things. And you know what's really strange? Because I made a show about not starting a freight brokerage, you know what's popping up in my YouTube shorts recommendations? Freight broker training <laughs> courses. <laughs> Which hopefully then our video shows up in how to start a freight brokerage. I don't know what'll happen. And no one's going to watch it anyways because it doesn't start with here's how you get rich. And, and also what started is um, 10K... 10k weeks and by the way <laughs> let's say it's true let's say you really can get rich starting a freight brokerage how many thousands of brokers are already out there i mean is it tens of thousands even if it's thousands if it was yeah, in the hundreds maybe you could get rich maybe the yeah. secret but if it's in the thousands guess what's going to happen you're going to get desperate, and you're going to give somebody a quote that's unrealistic just to keep them on the phone. And that's how the yep. problem starts. And that's what happens. That's what yep. happens. And now it gets posted cheap on the load board, and it turns into a fist fight, and then finally at the last minute you raise the rate to get it moved, you lose money on the load. Or you piss off your customer by telling them that you need more money on the load. That always right. happens. Or, right. or you get you get a dispatcher on the phone telling you, listen, man, my driver will pick it up, all this stuff, but now your pride is hurt, and so you can't give him the load, and you got to raise the rate anyway. It's crazy. Don't, I don't yeah. know why, I don't know. So, so here's what's cool. Auto Hauler Exchange is a technology, a marketplace. There's, there it is, Jared. Okay, what's the difference? Auto Hauler Exchange is a marketplace rather than a load board. It's a marketplace where shippers post loads and get connected directly with carriers so that there's nobody in the middle that went to a hotel airport seminar and thought they could just siphon off money to create another building that nobody needs. 
Now, I realize there's going to be a few hurt feelings in the audience. And, um, and I'm not here to say you can't live your dream. <laughs> right. Dream crusher. Right. Actually, that's what one, one of the uh, dispatchers I worked with. His, uh, he, oh, it was a guy, this guy was a broker in the, in the office and he was, his nickname was Dream Crusher. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Dream Crusher. <laughs> oh God, that's funny. Anyways, and here's what's cool. So then Skip Kavanaugh posted on LinkedIn, um, just in case you think brokering is easy, here is your workflow diagram. And if you think it's just gobbledygook, let's go ahead and take a look at it. It starts with a quote, and you give a quote, and either you know you win the customer or lose the customer. If you win the customer, that quote turns into an order, which you're going to put into the CRM, and then there's going to be a log, and you got to go back and forth, and then you got to give pricing. And then you turn that into, I guess if that, let's see here. Help me out here. Now we're at verify enrichment. Oh, I guess now that you have the order. See, it seems like this part happens in the dispatch. But then brokers have dispatchers. Oh, this is getting too complicated. I thought I was just going to get rich. Sue? Yeah, not happening. By the way. In case anybody's wondering what Jay's spouting off about today, Sue, you 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 do brokering. Is this easy? No, it's not. I mean, I, I will be honest. It's probably a little bit easier for me than other people, only because I am not just a broker and I am not basing my income or paying my employees or paying my big huge building, which is not a big huge building, um, off of that. You know, I'm also a dispatcher and that's my main gig shall we say and brokerage is my side gig and and on sometimes brokerage is more than than the you know my dispatching side it just depends certain times a year i'm just you know swamped um but i don't have to go through all this stuff because most of my stuff is from customers i've been dealing with for years and years and years and they trust me whereas a new broker or even a a normal broker has to make that person trust them to make them, you know, jump on board and do this load. And don't get me wrong, I have to do that too. I get a lot of the calls that everybody else gets is like, oh, I was told it was only 600 and I'm telling them 900 or 1,000. I'm just like, okay, you know, let me know when that doesn't work out for you <laughs> kind of thing. Because cheap does not mean good. That's what the thing they do not understand. And that's the problem with the way they see things it's just like going to walmart you want to go to walmart more than you want to go to a high-end grocery store right so they see it that way they think okay you know if they're quoting me 700 dollars and you're quoting me nine i'm going to go with the 700 doesn't mean it's going to happen it doesn't mean you're not going to get your car banged up either so it's kind of like a toss-up but you can't explain that to them everybody goes cheap 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 so um also something i was thinking while i was looking at that you know because I gotta, I gotta address the full picture. There are some of what we've been focusing on here, and don't start a freight brokerage. Is this is if you're if you're an individual and you think you're just gonna start making 10k a week, think again. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. there are nationwide 
businesses, large businesses, that do not want to work with a thousand individual carriers. They just want to pick up the phone and talk to one company that handles everything. And this is why, like a company like Assertus, a company like Assertus works with large businesses that actually have many, they, they need many things. They need a lot of vehicles moved. They need some of those vehicles uh, kept at terminals and even serviced. Or they might need plates. Or, you know, there's different things. That, so I understand this is why large nationwide brokerages do exist. And there's a reason they exist. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, although yeah. you will find an interesting, if you want to go back to, you know, where's the money going and where's the service... When I had like the OEM car hauler show, and if you talk to a large nationwide top 50 auto transport asset heavy business and ask them what they think the asset light broker is quoting to the shipper, when you get into those quotes from asset heavy versus asset light, you also enter back into the arena of where'd you get that idea? So there's a lot to go around, and I understand the full picture. But ultimately, on the if you're giving crappy quotes on a regular basis, you're in the wrong business. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. Uh, oh, let's see. Oh, what do I? Oh, show me the truck. Yeah. So Douglas, I think Douglas sent this in. It's nice. You know, I like that. It's a nice, uh, you know, we don't always have kind of that uh, peaceful, incense, patchouli feel here on Dispatching Live, huh? Patchouli. <laughs> patchouli, huh? <laughs> patchouli, man. What is this, college? Um, yeah, no, really nice. Thanks for sending in the image there. It's nice. That's That's nice. You know, there is something to be said about... It's understandable why people... You know, why folks want to make a living on the road. The road is an interesting place. It is. And it can be... It can be kind of... Uh, I, You know, what's in, when I go on long road trips... As soon as I get back, I'm like, man, I gotta do this again soon. And then a year goes by. So... Yep. If you're on the road and enjoying the the peace of the road today, tomorrow, tonight, or in the morning, shout out to you. It's awesome. And send send us a photo. You can send me send me a photo. Autotransportintel at gmail.com. We'd love to share it. We need a little bit of peaceful. Uh hey, did you get the memo? Alright, you can tell it's taking a turn. Now, um, more than 3,000 dealerships. I was talking about this GM story. This is crazy. This uh, I shared this on LinkedIn. This has 9,000 impressions. I checked it this morning. It's over 25,000 impressions of my YouTube short about GM dealers. Uh, no, GM paying dealers to come and pick up their own cars. People are pretty interested in the story. Um, I got this. This was a message through... I don't remember which social media. How I can payment by wire. How can I get? Yeah, how I can payment by wire transfer. So they're on Central Dispatch. Can you choose wire transfer? Finalistic. No, yeah, you can't. Yeah, I didn't think so. I said tune in to Dispatching you can't Live. Even yeah. Choose Cash App. You can't choose 
Venmo. You can't choose Zelle. There's, it's very limited, it's, should, especially when you consider all the options there are now. Should you be able to? I mean, you know, I don't know. I'm just curious. Yeah. Oh, you should? Okay. Yeah, I think you should be able to. Yeah, I really do. Because here's the thing. Like, I pay a lot of my drivers. Um, like, if they call for me, I'll say I have – I offer them the options before I even get into sending them to the car. But, I like, I have Venmo. I have ACH. I have a picture of a check. And you can't put any of that on there. And then they're constantly like – I had one transfer kept saying, can you put that on there? I'm like, it's impossible to put it on there. It's in the section for the dispatch section or in dispatch instructions, but there's no way to change that. It's either COD or billing. I think they have TCH, which isn't even available anymore. Um, but yeah, they sh there should be more options there for payment purposes, I believe. And I know Super Dispatch has offered those options on there now, too. They have Venmo, Cash App, stuff like that. So why not? Really? Right? They do? That's neat. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they do. Huh. Yeah. Wow. All right. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, and BGA said, yeah, I mean, you can get creative. You can use the additional info notes for all kinds of fancy communication. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, you can do that, but, you, I mean, don't get me wrong. That's where I post all my stuff, but do you know how many times they call and ask me? I know. Even if it's on there? Every single time. I don't know if there's very few and far between that don't call me for it and ask me those questions. So nobody wants to read it. That's the problem. Well, welcome to Auto Transport. You can do whatever you want. And people do. Oh, that's true, too. Um, yes. Speaking of, okay, so speaking of brokers, man, we're just laying it on the brokers today. It's all right. What comes around goes around. <laughs> Dispatcher. By the way, I mean, remember, dispatchers are illegal. At least brokering, you know, you're just, you know, all right. Um, broker transparency rulemaking delayed. <laughs> really? The dispatchers are like, Jay, that was terrible. Where's the boo? Do I have it? Um, broker transparency rulemaking delayed. Truckers who were hoping for the FMCSA to take immediate action regarding the lack of broker transparency received bad news this week. Oh, big shocker. After previously targeting... After previously targeting this past June as the date for a notice of proposed rulemaking, I just love the NPRM notice of proposed rulemaking. Uh, to address the issue, a new report says the FMCSA's proposal isn't expected till Halloween of next year. Oh, awesome. The uh, owner operator, <laughs> yeah, right? Why not? Well, yeah. we, lost, we lost our Speaker of the House. Add another year to the calendar, boys. Um, the OOIDA, which represents small business truck drivers, OOIDA has spoken up about the lack of bro broker transparency for decades. And he, they petitioned the agency to take action in 2020. Well, we had COVID. We couldn't do it then. And then in 2021, uh, well, we still had COVID. And then in 2022, well, I mean, you know, record profits. Uh, 2023, uh, Speaker of the House. 2024, what are they going to come up with next year? Uh, the caramel apples aren't ready. The continued delay is BS, says OOIDA President Todd Spencer. Transparency has been required since 1980. He added the FMCSA is completely aware of the rampant broker fraud that continues to take advantage of truckers and that the agency should be expediting this proposal, doing anything it can to stop fraudulent activity. Hundreds of thousands of small business truckers simply trying to put food on the table. 
Yikes. Who wants to sponsor a coffee? Okay, I'll tell you what. Here's what we got to do. Um, it is now time. I think we got the stage properly set. The mosh pits are going and everybody's really ramped up. It's time to bring in Royce Neubauer of Auto Hauler Exchange. So do me a favor, stick around because right after this, we're going to be live with Royce. Ask Auto Hauler Exchange your questions live. Here we go. Are you ready to take a leap into the future of vehicle logistics? Auto Hauler Exchange is the first pure B2B marketplace in vehicle logistics, where shippers and carriers live and work directly in one ecosystem with no middleman. Shippers simply post their shipping opportunities directly to highly vetted carriers around the country. Once a carrier sees a shipment opportunity which fits their need, they simply check that shipment out of the exchange with just a few clicks of a button and with no third-party interaction, getting your vehicle on the road with ease. We have proven our B2B marketplace is a more efficient, transparent model for vehicle logistics, where shippers and carriers connect one-on-one. -on -one. Take it from our clients themselves. Get off the vehicle hauling roller coaster today with Auto Hauler Exchange. Auto Hauler Exchange B2B Marketplace connects shippers directly with carriers, and that means putting the power of the business transaction back in the carrier's hands. Visit AutoHaulerExchange.com. And with us now, we have back on ATI Auto Business, Royce Neubauer is the CEO of Auto Hauler Exchange. Royce, can you see me and hear me okay? I can see you and hear you. All thanks right. for having me back. Yeah, thanks for coming back to join us. Um, Sue, you're still with us? I am back. Uh, okay. Lost me for a few minutes. I'm back, Perfect. though. <laughs> all right, good. No worries. We all needed to take a quick commercial break. Okay, so, so Royce, we're here. We've been talking about brokering. Yep. Um, for anyone not familiar with what Auto Hauler <laughs> Exchange is and does, please take it away. Yeah, Auto Hauler Exchange is a B2B marketplace that connects carriers directly with shippers. It's pretty much that simple. Um, when you were talking about transparency, that that's a key term, right, that I know the brokerage world has always faced. Um, if Auto Hauler Exchange is nothing but transparent, I mean, I don't know what else to call it. Any shipment that is active on the exchange is coming directly from the shipper. You have the shipper's contact information, you have the address, you have the VIN, the VIN's decoded, you have the price that the shipper wants to ship the car at, not a brokerage price, it's shipper direct pricing. So when a carrier is interacting with a shipment, they're interacting directly with the person who owns that vehicle. Um, so as soon as a carrier checks out a VIN and is on their way, they get all the pickup information, the shipper gets all the driver information, dispatcher information, so those two entities can communicate in one ecosystem. There's no broker in the middle kind of bogging it up. I think I heard you say that, I think I heard this, is that if it's a if it's a move, it's a, if it's a vehicle shipment with some frequency and it's not overly complicated, this is a perfect opportunity to just set it and forget it, shipper to carrier, right? You don't need somebody in the middle. No. And quite frankly, if we if the shipper wants to go direct with that carrier and just bypass the exchange, go for it. We're okay with that because we feel that we're bringing so much value to the carrier 
by offering them opportunity after opportunity to maximize their capacity, that they're going to keep coming back to the exchange because there's going to be thousands of shippers that are going to have vehicles for them to ship. But if they have a loop and they see an opportunity that is a consistent loop and they want to go direct with that shipper, more power to them. Uh, that's exciting for me. That creates a really interesting opportunity for community building that I don't think we see on a traditional load board. No. No. No, I mean, I think you guys were going through your, your load boards earlier, right? How many of those have 100% shipper direct pricing and how many of those truly connect the person that owns that vehicle that needs to be shipped with the driver? I mean, that's what we're talking about here, right? We're talking about efficiency, transparency, and an ecosystem where the two most important aspects of that shipment are connected together, right? The shipper and the driver need to communicate. They don't need to have that third party in the middle asking questions, picking up a phone, then going back and asking another question, then picking up a phone, and, and things get lost in translation, right? So for us, when I started examining vehicle logistics, and, and we started examining it from the brokerage lens, you know, so I know that world inside and out, I just didn't see a need for brokers to not necessarily not be in the industry, but they don't need to own the industry. And what I saw is that brokers wow. own this industry. That's right? really whether, whether you're really a large asset heavy fleet that has a brokerage arm, or you're an asset light broker, they're controlling 90% of the shipments. And if you look at the largest load board out there, how many of those are direct shipper shipments? And how many are brokerage shipments? It's overwhelmingly brokerage shipments, right? And if you go to every other load board, that's what you're going to see, which, you know, that is what it is. I mean, it, it, it's just the way the industry has ran for the past 15 or so years. The marketplace that we created is just different than that. Brokers are not allowed to, to actively post in it. They're not allowed to actively look for opportunities. In it. If you have a brokerage MC, we're not going to approve you to be in the exchange. This is shipper direct to carrier direct. And the reason we're trying to create that type of ecosystem is because carriers need to be getting a percentage back. That percentage of the take that the broker's pulling out is now coming back to the driver, coming back to that dispatcher, coming back to that trucking company so they can recruit more drivers, they can take care of their equipment, that they can pay for those repairs, things of that nature. And you know, I think when you look at our industry as a whole, you know, some might say we're 20,000 drivers short. Some might say we're 100,000 drivers short. I think it's closer to that 100,000 than 20. And there's a reason for that. And, and the main reason that we've kind of examined over the past few years is, A, these, these trucks aren't making enough on each turn. They're not making enough revenue on each shipment. And secondly, how many auto haulers do you see driving down the road with empty capacity, with a spot open on that truck, two spots open on that truck? We wanted to create an environment where if I go pick up for shipper A and they only have four cars for me and I have a six car hauler, well, let me see if there's another shipper around the corner that has two cars for me to move. And we've seen that within the marketplace where one, one carrier will go to one location, it'll populate on the marketplace that there's another shipment opportunity five minutes away. Now they just filled out their truck heading in the same direction. Now that driver's making more revenue. Now we're, 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 drive, we're putting them in a position to be successful. And the shipper is moving those vehicles in a more efficient manner because they're moving them quicker. 
instead of waiting for a, a two-car hauler to pop on to pull those two bins, they just throw them on the back of that six-car hauler and they're moving them down the road. Um, I wanted to touch upon, you know, it's interesting when you talk about the relationship between the shipper and the carrier. I don't think everybody fully understands, you do, the the reason why it's so important to build that relationship with the carrier so that they continue to stay in business and do a great job and remain profitable too. I, I see there is so much uh, emphasis put on, say, the dealer. Oh, yes. But not the carrier. I mean, if you look at most technology, not just in vehicle logistics, but in logistics and supply chain in general, it's built around the shipper or the buyer, right? It's either built for that retail store or that manufacturer. Who can satisfy these two ends? How often do you see something built for the carrier? I mean, truly, how often? So when we started looking at the opportunity to build the auto hauler exchange, we put the carrier first. You know, what are the carriers, what's the carrier need? A, they need payment. Most of these large-scale shippers, and you mentioned it earlier, your large shippers aren't going to manage 30,000 carriers. They're not going to manage 2,000 carriers. They're going to manage maybe 10 large fleet carriers and 10 brokers, right? That's who your OEMs are working with. They're working for 20 to 30 carriers max. Your large dealership networks, they're working with 20 to 30 carriers max. And most of them are going to have a brokerage arm. So one thing that brokers do well is they pay quickly. Right? They're able to manage that financing. So we built that into the auto hauler exchange. We wanted to give thousands of carriers, and, and I'm talking about your smaller fleets that own one truck to 20 trucks, the opportunity to work with the largest shippers in the country. And by us partnering with the largest shippers and allowing them to market to tens of thousands of carriers nationally direct, they're building relationships with those carriers in each of those markets. So, for example, we've got carriers that are out of Kansas City that want to come in and out of Michigan all the time because there's a lot of VINs up here in Michigan, right? So those carriers are marketing or on the exchange looking at 20 or 30 different shippers that we work with in the Kansas City market, 30 or 40 different shippers we work with in the Michigan market, and they're just doing loops. And they're constantly turning their wheels and filling their trucks. Now, what did we do in that relationship? We didn't facilitate it. We're not in the process of negotiating anything. We're not dispatching drivers. We're not doing anything of that magnitude. All we've created is a venue, an ecosystem for them to communicate together. And that's what a marketplace is. It's, it's, it's a conduit that connects shipper and buyer. And the difference between a, a marketplace and a broker is a broker is somebody that's gonna negotiate. They're gonna get revenue from the shipper. They're gonna get revenue from the carrier. And then they're going to try to manage it and they're going to try to control it because they don't want to give up too much information. I don't want my driver talking to my shipper. I don't want my shipper talking to my driver. I'll be the person in the middle that's going to handle that. Our marketplace eliminates that factor. And it's a conduit that allows them to live in one ecosystem and communicate together. Then the tech piece. It's interesting how we've been talking, I've had this show recently, uh, uh, tracking car haulers with GPS and and whereas technology is seen a, as a hindrance but really technology should be seen as an advancement to one's own business abilities to do more business faster 100 percent 
if if you're adding technology to your infrastructure, if it doesn't make you more efficient and help drive revenue, you shouldn't add it. You know, there's some great technologies out there, right? Um, you know, you guys talk about Super Dispatch all the time. They have the best driver app in the market. I, I think everybody can agree upon that, right? So that's a good reason to be a part of that app. If you're just paying for a load board that you're going to beat your head against the wall and you're going to get ground out by some broker, why not jump on something that costs you nothing, which the auto hauler exchange is free for shippers and carriers. And once that transaction is done, the carrier gets paid directly from us the exact same amount they booked it from the ship. And the reason we're paying the carrier is because most shippers are going to make us wait 30 days, 50 days, 60 days to get paid. 90% of the carriers out there can't afford to, to sit on checks 90 days, 30 days. So we're going to pay that carrier the exact rate that that shipper is paying them, and then we're charging the shipper a fee. And that's just a transactional fee that we charge them on every successful shipment. So at no point in time is the carrier going to be getting dinged a fee or brokerage fee or anything of that like that mag like like a broker might do right so the payment comes from the shipper so the shipper knows exactly what they're going to be paid and on every shipment the market's going to tell them if they're posting it right you know when you talk about brokers or individuals taking a shipment cheap just to get in with somebody and the shipper wants to pay less all the time well they don't they want to pay less because they, they don't know what the real rate is is this broker just charging me too much? Is this carrier just charging me too much? Well, when the when the shipper is actually posting a VIN themselves and we're giving them data to say, hey, this is what that market has yielded over the past 30 days or the past 10 days. This is where you can expect to pay, but you decide what you want to pay, Mr. Shipper. They can post it higher, they can post it less. It's entirely up to them. But the carriers in the exchange are going to show them if that was posted right or not. So if that VIN's sitting and it's churning and it's not moving, they're going to get updates saying, hey, your VIN's been sitting 10 hours, been sitting 24 hours, been sitting 48 hours. It's going to tell them they need, they need to up the rate. Now, if they post it and it jumps off in 10 seconds, well, maybe they post it high and, and they can kind of figure that out along the way. But the goal is to move VINs as quickly as possible through the exchange and to have that carrier feel good about the rate that they're getting offered because that is shipper direct pricing. And if they don't like the rate that they see, we're putting in a bidding system for them. We're going to give them an opportunity to say, hey, shipper, I like the lane. I really would like to pick that vehicle up, but I need an extra $50. And if the shipper wants to accept it, they can just auto tender that to the driver right away. But it's between those two. There's nobody else in the middle other than the person that owns that vehicle and the carrier themselves. So then I think once we get through some of those uh, questions, then yeah. how do I stay loaded? Is this, this is where a carrier then, if, if, if they realize, oh, payment and relationship and technology, but how do I stay loaded? Yeah, so within the exchange, you, you're going to build out kind of your, 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 your own system, right? So in the setup process, you're going to go through and, one thing that we do do for the shipper is we vet the carriers, right? And I think some brokers do, some brokers don't. A good broker should be vetting every single carrier that they're loading. 
So our system will track the carrier's insurance, DOT number, and things of that nature to make sure we've got good, solid carriers that have all the right, you know, insurance and, and regulations in place. Um, now, for a carrier to stay loaded, they can do two things. A, they can set up their automatic notifications, and the system will notify them of shipments that are kind of in their route, or they can just stay in the exchange. So anytime a shipment is in the exchange, they can pluck it as quickly as they want. Um, we are building in a route optimization tool that's going to notify them on specific routes that they like. So they'll be able to kind of predetermine which routes they like. Like I want to go from Cincinnati, Ohio to Cleveland, Ohio to Detroit to Chicago back to Cincinnati. And they could put that loop in and the system will start to notify them of any VINs that are within a certain mile radius of that loop. And it's going to be able to populate their their phone or their or their computer and say, hey, there's 50 bins available if you want to go check them out. That way, they can just auto tender and, and, and keep themselves in, in a loop or, or keep themselves moving for weeks upon weeks. You know, bins are going in very quickly now and they're getting plucked out very quickly. Um, you know, on average, it's less than 20 hours, 24 hours that a bin will stay on our exchange, which is much faster than, than industry standards. Um, we're seeing a lot of the same carriers go in and, and, and pluck specific lanes that they like. Um, but we're also seeing a lot of new carriers come into the exchange. You know, we didn't go live really full bore until March of this year. And we have over 2000 carriers that have signed up organically. That tells me that there's something valuable for them in the exchange. That tells me that they see something that they like they see something that they feel is fair. They feel, see something that they feel is transparent. And they're able to work with shippers that they didn't have a chance to work with in the past. We were talking about, uh, Sue and I were talking about number of loads on the load board. You know, we think that the number of loads available is an indicator of how much we can book. But I think, right? Where's that? That's that's wrong. It's not even close. That's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. Explain, so please explain. Yeah, listen. A lot of a lot of your viewers know I came from the brokerage world. I've worked in that world. I still work in that world with my other business. Brokers will post lanes for multiple reasons. They're either rate shopping for an RFP, which a lot of them do, um, or or one shipper called twenty brokers and said, hey, here, I've got a lane, go work on it. And 20 brokers are posting the same lane and they're all hustling to get the cheapest truck, right? So yeah. now that looks like 20 different shipments when in reality it's one. Um, so you might see 60,000 shipments posted. I would venture to say half of them are fake. Um, the difference between our marketplace and a load board is if a VIN is on the marketplace, the shipper had to put that VIN in, which means that VIN's either at an auction that they just bought or that VIN sitting on their lot. So that shipment is real. It is legitimate. And, and that's a vehicle that needs to be moved because it's coming directly from the shipper. Nobody else is putting in the VIN other than the shipper. So those are real shipments. They're live shipments. You can trust that they're there. The only frustration that we hear from carriers about our exchange is sometimes the VIN moves too quick. They were looking at it, they were calling their driver, and then before the driver said yes, another carrier pulled it off. That's you know that's something that we can't really control. 
Um, my thought process back to the carrier is if you like something and you you really want to move a, a shipment and you see it, you buy you better go grab it because there's a carrier down the road from you that's going to do that because the fact that we are getting shipper direct pricing is generally pricing the VINs at a, at a very fair rate, at a very profitable rate for the carrier. Um, what we're finding, most of our dealer networks, they want to move those cars faster than they're currently moving them, so they're pricing them a little bit higher than they did in the past. And, and we're seeing that the value that they're getting from moving the car faster, it's they're lowering their carrying costs, number one. They're lowering the depreciation value of that car, number two. They're getting the car quicker to lot, which means they're selling it faster. So all of these are value-added profit projects for the shipper. So instead of just beating a truck's rate down, they're looking at it and saying, well, if I move it quicker, I'm going to sell it faster, which means I can go buy another car and I can sell that faster. Now my turnover is faster. I'm making more money as a dealer. So we're kind of flipping the paradigm on the concept of logistics has to be cheap. That's a spend center for me. Not necessarily. If you look at it from a different lens and say, hey, if I get valuable carriers that have good equipment with good drivers that are going to take care of my, my cars and I'm not going to have to pay for damages and I'm not going to have to have it sit in the, in the, in the, in the service bay for four weeks to get repaired because the driver damaged it and I can get it here in 24 hours instead of 72, I'm going to make more money as a dealer. So I might as well pay an extra 50 bucks to move that car. Right. So it's, it goes back to that concept that technology needs to bring value and it needs to bring efficiencies, transparency and, and help drive revenue. And we're seeing it, that the auto hauler exchange is helping drive revenue to shipper and carrier because it's allowing them to see each other for who they are and communicate together and build that relationship. Um, got a go couple good questions in the live chat. And I want yeah. to say this is that so because. What Sue and I, we used to look at, let's say we saw 40,000 loads on the load board. Well, 10,000 of them could be underpriced, and that's why there's 40,000. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we only see 20,000 loads, maybe the prices became more accurate or the desperation level in the marketplace became higher. I mean, this is where just looking at the, vol at the load volume doesn't paint the full picture. No. But before I, I take a break there, because BGA then asks, am I using your board right? Every time I log in, I see only six loads on your exchange. I would say no, <laughs> because there's a heck of a lot more than that. Um, I, I would suggest that they call into the office and speak to George. George is our, our, our one of our, our top reps that can help um, walk them through any issues. Um, there might be a setting issue that's that's on their screen that's only it's it's kind of shrinking that their their viewership whatever it might be a range um a city range or something like that where there's not a lot of vins um so i would ask them to call in and, and speak to our team and they'll walk them through it's probably something in their settings i want to do this what's a what's a phone number can i share a phone number you know do you know what number, or maybe someone in the live chat from Auto Hog Exchange can put in? I just shared yeah, the link. I think to Kelly's page. Kelly's in the live chat. Kelly's so in the, the live chat. Yeah. All right, Kelly, if you'll share that. Super Mac, um, talking about compliance. Super Mac, I believe from Super Dispatch. Does Auto Hog Exchange have a compliance process? 
for carriers? I believe that's the question. So I think we're talking about vetting carriers. Yes. Um, so, like I said, any anybody that's going to be loading or have carriers that, that could be loading shipments, right, trucks, they need to be vetting those carriers. So one of the promises we've made to our shipper partners is that only vetted carriers that meet their insurance requirements and meet their safety standards and that have a either no rating or good rating in, with the FMCSA and DOT are allowed to have visibility to the exchange. So we do have a lot of carriers that get flagged when they're trying to set themselves up and for whatever reason, um, the system won't uh, push them through. Our team will see what reason that they got flagged for and we'll reach out to that carrier. So if a carrier has a conditional rating, I'm sorry, you're not gonna be in the, the exchange, right? A conditional rating means you've either been over your logbooks too many times, you've had too many accidents, or you, you've got too many repairs that need to happen on your truck, and you haven't fixed those problems. Um, most of our shippers won't allow conditional carriers to move their, their vehicles. Um, but if you're in good standing or have no rating, which a lot of newer carriers don't have a rating, they just haven't, haven't been stopped by the DOT enough to have a rating, right? They're gonna be approved as long as their insurance is in place and they have the right coverage. Um, certain shippers have different coverage values. So there are certain shippers where you have to meet a certain requirement as far as your, your insurance value to have visibility of their specific opportunities. And if you, we're gonna be building that into the system as well to show that, hey, this OEM has this requirement. If you wanna ship for this OEM, you have to match this requirement. And if you need help getting insurance, then we can help facilitate that for you through these insurance binders and, and have them reach out to certain insurance companies. Um, we want carriers to be able to work for every shipper in the country, right? Your large fleets control OEM freight, your brokers control OEM freight. We are onboarding our first OEM now, right? And, and it is a different process. OEM freight is, is great. It's very consistent. Um, well, not maybe not today with the strike, but here, here in a few months, hopefully, when that when things are settled down and, and, and manufacturers are, are pumping out cars a little bit more. But it is very consistent. Um, the routing is very detailed. You know exactly which dealer networks you're going to. And you can start to really build relationships around that OEM freight in a different way. Well, there's thousands of carriers out there that's never had an opportunity to work directly for an OEM. They're gonna have that opportunity in the exchange here in the next few months. Um, we're working with one of the largest dealer networks in the country where they have over 400 dealerships. And we're slowly adding dealer by dealer by dealer, which is creating a network for carriers to really do round trips between dealers. And you're working for the same dealership, might, might be a Ford dealer, might be a GM, might be a Hyundai, might be a Nissan, but it's the same network. And you're working for one of the largest groups in the country, these carriers have never had that opportunity unless a broker gave them that opportunity. Well, now well, they're going to be working directly for that, yeah. that network. Hauling for OEMs and round-trip dealer moves? Yeah. Yes. Those are two of the highest desired types of auto transport business moves you can have. 100%. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So that leads me into, I think, my final question is, how hard is it to do all this? I mean, this is this is a big thing to do because you yeah. have to you have to satisfy shippers, you have to satisfy carriers. There's all the compliance, the payments, the technology. 
and then make it all work and then continue to grow it? How hard is this? So building a technology company is a lot different than building a service business. I can tell you that. Um, but what I did learn in that service world as a broker for the last 24 years, 23 years, you know, you kind of understand what shippers really need and what they really want and what carriers really need and what they really want. And you, you, you figure that out by asking questions. You know, what are you looking for in your relationship with a carrier? That's the first question we ask every shipper that we interview. And a carrier, what are you looking for? If you could build a perfect environment and you just drove your truck, what, what would it look like? And almost to a, to a man, so I don't want to work for brokers anymore. I want to work directly with the shipper down the street for me, but I know I can't because they're not going to pay me fast enough. So I got to work for this broker. So when we started building the auto hauler exchange, we, we put those good things that a broker does in there, the payment side, that's a value added partnership from a broker. They're going to pay you quick. And from a shipper perspective, carrier procurement, you need to procure thousands of carriers around the U S and maybe Canada and Mexico and beyond. And you need to make sure that they have the right insurance, the right authority and all those things, right? So we built that into the exchange. Now building it in is difficult, but once it's built, it's built, right? And, and it becomes pretty self-sufficient after you've built it. Now we're just trying to improve, right? So building care relationships, you know, our team wants to educate carriers on how to use the exchange. So like you said earlier, one individual is only seeing six bins, that's gotta be a settings issue. Um, so I, I want them to call in if they have any issues. They're going to speak to a human. Uh, we do have an operations team to answer questions. Uh, we have an onboarding team to help carriers if their insurance falls or if they get a, they you know, damage a vehicle. We're going to work with them to get all that taken care of. Um, from from our perspective, is to continue to improve the product to make it more efficient. Um, to make it what I like to call dummy proof, which means if, if it's dummy proof, I can log in, I can post a VIN, and I can check a VIN out. And if Royce can do that, then it's dummy proof, I promise you. <laughs> so, so, you know, at the end of the day, living in that service world for so long, I, I always tried to find a way to be more transparent, to be more efficient, and to figure out a way to get out of the way. Right. How do I connect carriers with shippers? I never understood really why brokers exist. I mean, from the, my first days of doing it. <laughs> but then you kind of understand as you start working with large corporations, all right, yeah, they're, they're going to pay in 60 days. This carrier has to get paid in 10. Right. There are, are reasons, aren't there? There are reasons, there especially are reasons. your large national brokers. There are reasons. There's no question. But there's no reason that they control it all. And when we built the exchange, we wanted to make sure that we were – creating an environment where shipper and, and carrier can coexist and work together hand, hand in hand. And it is a big lift. I think that the toughest part, Jay, is the change management, getting people to look at it differently. I think, Sue, we ran into an issue with you when we first, you, you checked out your first vehicle with us, yeah. where your um, factoring company wouldn't set us up, right? They're like, who are these people? Right, what are they doing? right. but they They're actually did. But they had to do it, yeah. Yeah. So we've had to reach out yeah. to the factoring company and say, no, we're not a broker, but this is what we're doing. We are going to make the payment, though, so your carrier can work through the exchange. Um, right. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's just changing people's concept of how things are done. 
we've been doing it the same way over and over and over again, right? And when something new comes to play, people want to question it, which is fine. I, I like people questioning it because once they see the difference, they don't go anywhere. It was kind of like the first time you got an Uber. You didn't call a taxi the, the next day. You, you just jumped in the next Uber. You know, right? I've thought about <laughs> my first Uber experience periodically, yeah. and I remember how yeah. strange I thought it was. It felt weird because you're in somebody's car. It did, I actually didn't even understand what was happening. <laughs> I, was with, I was with somebody who called an Uber, and I, I didn't even know what that meant. And they said, I'm going to call an Uber. And I thought... Okay. Okay. <laughs> so then a, we're, we're walking around, a car shows up, we got in, and I thought, what oh. are we doing? <laughs> Who is, is this your buddy? Who is this? <laughs> and I got in because it seemed like everybody else knew what was going on. <laughs> so, and I mean, then we got to our it. destination, yeah, and I was like, oh. This is great. Right? Oh, Yeah. So th that part of it's probably the heaviest lift for us is is really deep diving with people to, to show them that there is a different way and, and there is a new way. Um, and once they give it a try, we, we keep growing. Every shipper continues to pump more VINs in after they've tried it. Um, what we're, they're telling us that we're more efficient than their other products that they've used. We're telling us that the the platform's easier to post bins in or pump bins through. Um, carriers have gave us great feedback on how, how to check bins out. Um, the carrier format, the way that that carrier portal is set up by, by carriers. We didn't have it set up until we interviewed 50, 60, 70, 80 carriers. And we started putting a little piece here together, a little piece there together. And they were telling us exactly what they wanted to see. And we had one finally just tell us like, oh, this is perfect. Just like I'm shopping on Amazon, and, and just go in, put the bid in my cart, check it out, and I'm off and running. Um, so we wanted to keep it simple. We wanted to keep it. Um, we wanted to, like I said, dummy proof. It's, if Royce can do it, anybody can do it. And I think we've got it to that point, and we're just going to keep improving on it. And we're going to improve on it with shipper feedback, with carrier feedback. Um, Perfect. I was going to ask you if people have feedback, yeah. what's the best way? To yeah, I would say the, to you. Yeah. the best way is to email us. Um, you can email me directly, uh, Royce at AutoHaulerX.com. Um, our team, or you can call in. Our team is, like I said, you're going to speak to a human. You're going to you're going to talk to somebody on our ops team. Email um, our engineers. We meet weekly with our engineers with new ideas, new concepts. Um, you know, Sue brought up a good point earlier, and I, I think that's fantastic that Super Dispatch has this, but Zelle, Cash App, Venmo, we're building all that into the platform as well. Right. As well. Isn't um, that another thing? That there's so many, that Things are changing and moving so fast now so that, fast. yeah, yeah, this whole set it and forget it technology of yesteryear is now rapidly, I think technology is rapidly aging. Whoa. I think that's almost a Bob oh, yeah. quote. I there's mean, no right? question. There's no question. It's wild. I mean, so I, if, yeah. If you're not trying to stay two steps ahead, you're going to get passed by. It's just that and, simple. And it's not easy to build out. And I mean, this has got to be, again, to build a technology platform is a well, huge undertaking. Yeah, we started this two years ago. 
right? Yeah. And and we didn't wow. go to market until December of 22 um, with, with two shippers and maybe 10 carriers. And we just had them beat the heck out of the product till March. Try to break it. Tell us what's wrong. Tell us what you want us to change. Um, that was our pilot. And we got off the ground and then we went you know, we used what we call a crawl, walk, run phase. So we were crawling, you know, December, January, February, 1st of March. We started walking March and April, and we started running in May, I think. And, you know, just since then, we're over 200 shippers nationwide and over 2,000 carriers nationwide. Like I said, we're onboarding our first OEM, and, and um, we'll, we'll be in the process of onboarding our first uh, digital auction by year end as well. Which will give us access to over awesome. a thousand ships. Awesome. Yeah. So wow. what we found is the exchange has been very diverse. Wow. You know, we're moving fleet vehicles, we're moving remarketed vehicles, we're moving new vehicles, we're working for independent dealers, we're working for publicly traded dealers, networks, OEMs, digital auctions. Um, so it's across, you know, all verticals within vehicle logistics, we're seeing value. Yeah, I want to add, for anybody that doesn't know, like, it doesn't really matter that I just got excited, but the reason I did was because in the ecosystem, in the automotive world of why cars move, new and used OEM dealer digital auction is you're really looking at all of the verticals that can take advantage of your technology platform and help connect shippers directly with carriers in various transactions across the board. Various right? transactions, yeah. and, and honestly, the more wow. volume we have, the more trucks are gonna get maximized, right? All those spaces on that trailer are gonna get filled. And if I've got 50 dealers in you know, Metro Detroit or 100 dealers in, in you know, Metro Chicago, you, I guarantee you, if you got a 10 car hauler, you're gonna be able to fill up on the exchange. Right, and, and the goal is to make sure every spot on that truck is filled, that the driver is maximizing their potential on their revenue earning, and that the shippers are maximizing the value and efficiency of moving those cars. And, and the best way to do that is to connect the two best players, the two biggest players, and that's shipper and driver. Well, and and the and one of the things necessary, because I, I, you know, I'll take meetings and, and talk to companies about uh, opportunities or what their competitors are doing and uh, you have to look at all the different niches it seems like you all are like you're looking at different what different trade shows different types of meetings different types of businesses because some of the companies that are really making uh, big changes and doing a lot of social media are doing they're looking in all the corners of the map to see where they can grow business and yeah. And, and and the and the individual owner operator doesn't have the ability to do all that. No, no, they don't. You know, the, the individual owner operator is driving the truck, right? And they're, you know, they're trying to put food on the table, and they're trying to make sure they can pay for the repairs and pay for their you know fuel. And you know, I I think that's when the brokerage world started. You know, technology is what created the the freight broker. You know, load boards is what created the freight broker. Um, in the end though, there hasn't been a change in 25, 26, 27, 28 years. It's been the same thing. So the concept of the auto hauler exchange 
evolved out of freight brokerage. There's no question. But it eliminates the broker as the conduit. The technology becomes the conduit. Wow, it is now time to we're entering the next era. That's why like I I saw <laughs> when I was putting together next generation yep. of shipper to carrier order fulfillment. That's really where we're headed now. That's where we're headed. Yeah. That's where we're trying to take it. And you're at the forefront of that change. That's awesome. Auto Hauler Exchange. <laughs> Royce, CEO. Thank you so much for taking the time yeah. and your participation in this channel. Thank you both. We it really appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, you guys awesome. do a fantastic job, and you talk about real things, right? And the, and the fact that I, Jay, you're not afraid to put anybody on, which is awesome. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> They're afraid to come on. No, I, you know, I, I, I'm really proud of what's been built here, and this. Yeah, this is an information exchange, if I may. Hundred percent. So no, I appreciate that, and 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 you know, that's what's neat. I didn't. I didn't come find Auto Hall Exchange and say you gotta come on the show and talk. You all found me, and yeah. that is amazing. I appreciate yeah, awesome. that so much. It's it is. There's a real kinship of the way we look at information and business. It's neat. Hundred percent. That's a wonderful um, thing. And you know, there's a lot of great companies out there: broker, dispatcher, technology. It doesn't matter. You know, and in, in the end, everybody's trying to make a living. Um, but I've been around enough carriers long enough to understand that they're the they're, they're the forgotten ones. And everybody's building something to satisfy that shipper, that retailer, that dealer. And we're trying to build a product that's really going to help them move their wheels faster, get them paid more, and fill out their trailer. Um, so we're really excited and proud of what we're building, and, and we think it's bringing value to an industry, and we're thinking think it's bringing value to, to the forgotten ones in this space, which we feel is a carrier. And you know, you know how how forgotten many carriers feel is. I mean, for years, I feel like I've tried to help represent that voice, and many are still unsure. Hundred percent. I mean, Jay, how many shows do we go to? Where they talk about transportation and logistics in the oh. driver. Very rarely is it ever brought up. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody. And, and it drives me crazy because it, right. like, you guys are spending billions of dollars and you don't want to talk about it. But they don't want to talk about it because a lot of them don't understand what it really is. But at the same time, they don't want to talk about how they're taking advantage of the carrier, the one that's actually moving the truck. They're moving the, their cars. So... You know, we want to make sure that, that we're, we don't want to be in the way and be in the negotiation, but we want to give carriers opportunities that they didn't see last year, last week, by adding shippers that they want to work with, that they want to work directly for, and and we're giving that opportunity, and, and we're seeing a great response from, from shipper and carrier alike, that they, they love working with each other directly. Every time this industry loses another great carrier, it's a problem. It's a problem. It's it a problem. Yeah. When you look so. at EVs and the weight of EVs, which is fewer cars per shipment, home delivery networks are popping up, which means you're going to need more trucks to move cars. Um, you know, where are we going to fulfill this need? How are we going to make this capacity work if we're losing drivers? So we've got to figure out a way as a community, as, a, as a, an entire network, to bring drivers back to this space. 
And it's the most professional driver in all of all of logistics, all of supply chain. You know, most most freight companies, those drivers are just bumping a dock, waiting a couple hours to get loaded, and they pull away. Vehicle logistics, these guys are out in the rain, sleet, snow, loading their own truck, strapping the, the car down, you know, 20, 30 feet in the air. I mean, these guys are pros, right? And so we need to go figure out a way to make sure we're bringing more of them back from their from their freight jobs back to the vehicle logistics world. We'll keep on working on ways to communicate that message. So, yes, sir. Royce, thanks for so much time today and for yeah, joining us. And uh, good news is we're going to see you again Tuesday night. Yes, we are. On ATI, uh, you are joining. You're going to lead us um, Tuesday night, and then we're going to bring in Dana and Frank. Yes. So yeah. excited to look heavy hitters. I've talked to show. Dana. Right? Yeah, I think Dana's the, the one who you spoke with, right, Sue, about the, the Yes, yes. The Very nice. Yep. Yeah, Dana's got, my God, unbelievable experience in vehicle logistics. She's 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 been on the freight side of the world as well, but she's has 10, 11 years moving tens of thousands of cars a, a month. Um, so wow. she is very... Knows her stuff. She knows what she's talking about, knows what she's doing, but she is very yeah. carrier-centric as well. She knows where the carrier's problems lie and how shippers will try to one over them from time to time. And, mm. you know, if bins mm. aren't in the right. line. She knows what's going yeah, on. She knows what's going on. She and, knows what time it is. <laughs> and we've talked about this. You know, yeah. you know, when you've got dry runs, things like that, you know, I don't understand yeah. in vehicle logistics why nobody pays attention. That's something that we've talked about. Um it happens in the freight world every day, but it's almost hard to. It seems like it's a little harder to calculate. Well, as part of the maybe I excuse, this right? Is, but this is I when don't know. we had that conversation about tracking drivers, right? Yeah. No driver drivers don't want to be tracked in vehicle logistics. Right. Drivers in freight get tracked every day, and there's a reason for it. The biggest reason is detention, because if that geo stamp shows when they showed up and then shows when they departed. That's how long it took to get loaded. That's how long it took to get received. So it gives them a chance to to build that detention. Now, if I'm a vehicle hauler and I'm not getting paid detention, I can understand why they don't want to get tracked too, right? Right. Um, But one of the biggest reasons that we need to track on our end is so nobody has to pick up a phone and call the driver. The shipper can just log Mm -hmm. into the system and say, all right, Bill picked up the van yesterday at two. Looks like he's going to be here on time. I'm going to make sure my 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 clerk is here to receive him at five o'clock because that looks like his ETA. Instead of having to pick up the phone and call the driver, you know, it's just easier once the drivers kind of buy into it. Um, but I can understand that the the them questioning it out of the gate. We had to go through that back in 2015 and 2016 on our freight side when we were when we were starting to track drivers and it was new. Um, now you're 95% of drivers on the freight side of the world get tracked on every shipment. So it's, it, it is not know that. the vehicle side. There's no wow. question. I had no idea. Um, Sue, you're not on the show Tuesday night. Is there anything I didn't ask that you wanted to, are we good? No, I thought we, yeah, yeah, I thought we'd covered everything and everything's been, I've had no problems after we got through the whole factoring thing everything's been yeah. great so <laughs> well, we appreciate that cool okay well royce gosh we kept you so long it's been great i mean 
And I love that, you know, on Dispatching Live for the longest time, we really didn't have a lot of guests. But now, right. uh, Royce, I think you're now at our longest. <laughs> I know we're a long one. Yes. It was great. And it's been twice, too. Awesome. Especially knowing how much you've got going on. So, Royce, uh, I'll just leave you here. Thank you so much. We'll see you Tuesday night. And right. um, and then we'll have, a, we'll have a little powwow on Monday to go over stuff Tuesday, and that's why we do it here. So, I mean, anybody who has something they want to add, autotransportintel at gmail.com, reach out to Auto Hauler Exchange. Royce will let you go. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thank you, bro. You guys take care. All right, take Thanks. Care. Uh-huh. Thank you, you too. All right. That was awesome. Um, yeah. That makes a full show. And you know what? You know what I realized? I didn't even go into the live chat. Let's do that real quick. Um, okay. At the top of the live chat, and then we'll go into comments. Uh, at the top of the live chat, James, Jason, Adams, don't worry. I'm currently building just another load board. I might even call it that. Uh, okay. And another Super Mac, because <laughs> so, we need just another. Well, it's, it's actually interesting after that conversation then to go into what would, let's say, let's say, let's say, uh, let's say James, Jason Adams is building another load board, calls it just another load board. What would be why why another load board is I guess the question. If you what is if, the what? If you, well, if you build another load board, what is it about building another load board that will help? Um, and I because I think Auto Hauler Exchange I'm, laid out that what makes them different is they're connecting shippers directly with carriers, mm-hmm. thus eliminating the broker. So it's not another list of loads with phone numbers and and do whatever you want. It's more of a let's cut out a middleman so that more of the shipper pay goes to the carrier, you know, and right. and the shipper knows who the carrier is, which is interesting. This gets into the yeah. broker transparency argument, which is interesting. They kicked that can down uh, the hall for another year. What would you add? What, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if another load board is. I, I don't think it would survive, honestly. I mean, there have been other ones that have tried, and they did not. I mean, I hate to say it, but Central Dispatch kind of has the monopoly on that whole situation, unless you're a big broker, and then you have your own load boards. And, like, Royce's is totally different because it's not based off of, like, brokers going on there. So it's a totally different animal when you cons- when you compare it to Central Dispatch. Even if you're a... Let's say you're let's say you're a brokerage and you send out that mm-hmm. email every day with a load mm-hmm. available and then you're like, "You know what? Mm-hmm. We should just create our own load board." Why wouldn't that be a great idea? Would it be better to go to an established load board and put your loads there or shoot, why not? Let's build a load board. I I think the more places that either a transport or dispatcher has to go to to find these loads i think it just makes it more difficult i mean it really does it's It's more things you have to do more you know things you have to check off to to get to that one and and if it's another board where you have to pay for it good luck they're not going to pay for it no carrier is going to keep adding expenses to their bills this is this is one of this is talk about things that aren't talked about enough the number of line items on the carrier's uh, expense mm-hmm. sheet. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And and now you're gonna I mean, add another them. cost. Yeah. Forget about yeah. it. 
Not, not to mention yeah, he's already got too many apps. How are you going to explain right. that we got this great load board for you to pay you got for? another app. When I've got 20 apps. <laughs> yeah. Forget it. Yeah. Geez, I already have a hard enough oh time getting to do God. two or three apps, let alone adding more to it. So, yeah, it ain't going to happen. And the point of this discussion is because, and I and I, I think that, you know, I like how Roy said, you know, I'm not afraid to have anybody on the show to talk about a topic as long as it's automotive. Right. Um, And that right. is that, I mean... Yeah, it, it, do we have enough load boards? Are there too many load boards? Are there too many apps? And and why is that the case? Let's keep going into the live chat. Uh, Super Mac from Super Dispatch. Cool. Super Mac is here. Um, Super Mac is going to actually be with us. Where's my schedule? Is it next Thursday? Yeah. Yeah, next oh, okay, Thursday. Cool. Next Thursday, we have Super Dispatch Support, Mac and Jake, on the show. Isn't that cool? So that'll be yeah, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I know, it's neat. Um, Jared, we talked about Loadboard versus Marketplace. Douglas, oh, the Canadian. Don't let him take me alive. <laughs> Sending in photos. Chris Chamberlain is here. Elena is here. Zach Smith is here. I don't know if all these people are still here, but, you know, roll call. At the end of the show. BGA <laughs> is here. Um, Elena has said, I just had a case of it's the dispatcher's fault for the third day in a row. Yeah. Do we do do you know what the story? Do you know what happened? Well, I know I, I don't know if it's the same story, but I know she'd called me about us uh something a couple of days ago where um I mean here's the thing. We, transporters should be paying they pay their own stuff, right? Should they ever be asked? Should they ever ask their dispatcher for a loan? No. Ooh, no. What? And yeah. Really? Yeah. I have never in the twenty years that I've been doing this had anybody say send me money. I know that was harsh. I, listen, we all need help sometimes. Right. But, but I mean, but if you just we're paying just because you too, ask, you know? yeah. Well, just because you ask doesn't mean they're obligated. If she couldn't do no. it. Well, well, no, but, she, but not even she couldn't do it. She shouldn't even be asked. Well, I agree. This isn't her business. She has her own business. She Hi, has. Hi, can her I own take your order? Yeah, I'll have, have a couple eggs. Yeah. And uh, listen, I need about five hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's what I'm okay, saying. Okay, okay. I mean, just shouldn't so even just be some, just ice considered water? A, a question. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, it's it's tough when so. you need help. Well, they must have been pretty desperate then, really. To ask, I mean, yeah. I'm sure that was hard for them. Well, too, I, I right? guess. I mean, but my thing is, is if you're in a business, you're supposed to have so much put away, and this, you know, I always say, what, 25% every week you need to be putting away for stuff like that. That way, you don't have a problem, or you need a, you know, a backer. You need, you need something. If you're on the road and you're that shy on money to not be able to pay, you know, a few hundred dollars, then there's a problem, right? Well, and that problem might lead us back to how to become a freight broker hotel airport seminar. And that is that, you know, there's just a, there's a, there's a saturation point. Um, I was thinking of like stock, you know, like yeah. look at how many people, you know, you see an ad uh, that you can get into stock brokering as a side hustle. How many people got into stock brokering as a side hustle and lost money? I bet it's a lot of people, right? Yeah. 
To the point I mean, where you gotta be the, only buddy, the only buddy making money on the deal was the person saying that you could make money stockbrokering. Uh, yeah, or the fees <laughs> involved in there. Right? Yeah. But, so, yeah. it just, it's, uh, man, it's, this is where, if you get into the greater philosophy, we all need something to do and a way to make income. Right. Um, but there are too many people that will take advantage of that fact and tell you things that yeah. just aren't true. And true. so we're here That's to we're here to point that out in automotive, in logistics and transportation. I know it's super sexy to talk about, and that's why we do it. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for jumping in the live chat today. Thank you so much. Um, thank you, Royce, at Auto Hauler Exchange, and and Dana and Frank. We're going to see them again Tuesday night. It may seem like. Well, that's pretty soon. You just had Royce on Thursday. You're going to have the gang on Tuesday. Well, the two separate shows and um, Auto Hall Exchange is a participant in ATI Auto Business, seeing the value of the community and the information. And so we appreciate it. Um, And we're going to bring it back as often as it makes sense. So um, thanks and shout out also to Super Dispatch. Appreciate you. Superflow Systems, and Murphy Auto Transport Services. Really? Yeah. Heck yeah. Murphy Auto Transport Services. (laughs) Hey, oh, perfect time. Did you say you have room for drivers? I do. I have uh, room for a three-car, possibly up to a five. I don't have any rooms for any of the bigger haulers right now, but still. But it's for a dispatcher. We have room. Give us a oh. call. All right. So let's dive into this for a second. When you say you have room, you don't mean you have rooms. Mm-hmm. Like not like lodging. It's not right. an Airbnb. I have room for a spot. You have you have availability <laughs> for no. carriers looking for a dispatch service mm-hmm. to book loads, yep. make phone calls. While they stay on the road, while they stay loaded, mm-hmm. I put the phone number. Verify the so, loads, put them in. Yeah, order. yeah. Well, yeah. there you go. So, yeah. Now, what all do you, you do, do other than sitting around counting our money? No. What does a dispatch service? Why does a <laughs> why should a carrier? There's going to be a carrier right now, live or on demand or on the podcast, thinking, well, maybe I should get a dispatch service. Sue, why should a carrier consider hiring a dispatch service to help them? Well, honestly, like we always say, like we're your office on the road, which is true. You're not going to be taking these phone calls where they call you just nonstop. Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? Kind of thing. Um, that's not the only thing we do, though. We find the loads, we book the loads, we put them in pickup and delivery order for you, so that we save you time and gas money. Um, we also verify them to the best of our ability. Don't get me wrong. That I mean, some things happen, and sometimes people lie. <laughs> So we verify them as much as we can and um, so that when you get there, you know, you know who to talk to, um, the time they're open till, what time, you know, they open at in the morning. Um, we also do all of your accounting. So once you drop that load that is, say it's a bill, we're going to bill it out for you. We use Super Dispatch for everything. So all of your loads will be on there with all your information, including any, um, you know, releases that you might need or anything like that. Um, at the end of the week, we give you out an invoice and a uh, accounts receivable so you kind of know when your uh, money's supposed to be coming in via mail. 
They give us a date. We put it on your accounts receivable so you know when to expect it. If it doesn't come in, we always ask for people to let us know so we can call and find out what's going on. Because once again, people lie. We have to go around things. Um, and we do have a tickler file. So we, you know, if they say they're going to pay on the 11th, we, I don't know if everybody knows what a tickler file is, but it's 1 through 31. And we pull out every day and we call those people to make sure they really have mailed out what they said they're going to mail out so that it really gets where it's supposed to be. Now, granted, we don't have any control of the mail. Um, and you know, what I like about also, like if you're using super dispatch, which, which, so everybody knows if you come to me, you're going to use super dispatch. <laughs> um, there's super pay in there. There's, um, other things that we can get you paid faster too, which is awesome. And if you have a factoring company or if you need a factoring company, I always use Howard at JD factors. He's fantastic. A lot of my drivers use him. He gets your money to you within 24 hours. And I think his percentage is fairly low as well. It's usually around the two to 4%. And just so everybody knows how a factoring company works, when you factor out something, um, they keep a certain amount of money back, not just your 2%, say it's 4%, they hold another 2% until they actually get that money. And then when they get that money, you get that money back. Just so everybody knows that's kind of the way all of them work. And I think the percentage is sometimes based on your credit rating. So keep that in mind too. Some people are not going to be accepted into a factoring company. And that's the same thing with brokers. Not all brokers are created equally and not all of them will be accepted by a factoring company either. So um, if that's what you're like, if your income is based on factoring everything, then what we usually have you do is as soon as we're getting the load, we have you call and check to make sure it can be factored so we know. And that's usually pertaining to like 30 day loads, stuff like that, which you know as well as I do, Jay, there's not that many companies out there that do 30 day loads, but there are those companies. Um, and some of them will do 30 days, but they'll, they'll offer you a, a deal at five or 10% to get it right away, which I think is ridiculous. So then you use your factoring company cause it's only 2%. So, you know, keep those things in mind, but yes, I have a spot. <laughs> so rounded it back to that. I have a spot available. And if anybody needs a, a dispatcher, we are here to help. Give us a call. Um, for owner operators that haven't had a dispatcher before. And I know this because I worked as a dispatcher. If you're if you if you're feeling like man, you're doing it all by yourself, it's 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 weighing you down, and you're trying to get a spouse or a family member to get involved, and then you realize, man, they don't. I got I got to teach them everything. A dispatcher can hit the ground running, working in yeah. your back office, and what signing you up and everything else for all the new broke. Right and things like that too. And the thing is, when you when you hire a family member, you, you know you may not know what they're doing. I know as a dispatcher, I was busy all day. There's always something to do. Yeah. Whether you're it's you're making stop. a phone, yeah, you're making a phone call following up on payment. You're making a phone call to make sure mm -hmm. a car is ready. You're searching for loads. Yeah. You're communicating about what you know. What's the order pickup? What's the order of delivery? Where are we going next? There is so much yeah. to work on in the back office of logistics that that is why I stand up for dispatchers and say this is a real occupation. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. like we put in know, a lot of hours just trying to make sure so that much. we get you loaded and keep you moving, and especially during this. I, I want to say this time of the year, but it's been like this time of the year. But anyway, slow season mm. is the worst. And and if you're driving a truck and you're sitting there trying to 
get a load while you're driving or you have to stop to get that load and then say then they want paperwork they want an oh, insurance brother. cert that's oh, all the God. stuff we do we're God. taking care of all of that stuff so that you can just keep moving down the road and while you're driving we're taking care of that to keep you loaded but if you are an owner operator and you're able to handle it all yourself hats off to you really yeah, that's great. Absolutely. That's awesome. Good Lord, yeah. That's but a lot if you of stuff. find yourself feeling overwhelmed, maybe you've added another truck or you know, whatever you've done, there are times where you can use extra help. So contact oh, Sue. Yeah. Uh Murphy Auto Transport Services dot com. Sue yeah. is at four one seven two seven three zero zero two one. Jen may answer the phone, right? Yeah, Jen or Janice. Yeah, yeah. Jen or Janice. answer the phone usually. Yep. Email Murphy Auto Transport thirty one at yahoo.com. All right, cool. All right, awesome. Full show. We covered everything um, tomorrow on Cars on the Move. Loading a nine-car hauler live. Wow. At Midwestern Car Carriers. Yeah, so join us at noon for that tomorrow. So Cool. Yeah, that's been pretty cool. And then Tuesday night is Auto Hauler Exchange. Um, thanks for a great show, everybody. Thanks for tuning in the live chat. Auto Hall Exchange, thanks for the uh, notes and uh, answers in the live chat. If you missed the show live, please do leave it in the comments below. Don't forget to leave a like, click share, click copy, grab that YouTube link. Thanks for watching ATI. And all right, what do we say, office? What do we say, office? Goodbye, Sue. Goodbye, Sue. Thanks, everybody. Take care, and you we'll see you soon. You. Hey everybody. Peace. Peace.